Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. First minute of the second period, Dallas leading the Maple Leafs 2-1. Five minutes into the second period, Rangers up 1-0 on the Lightning and facing off in about an hour and a half. It is Chicago home to Minnesota and the Oil Kings just getting underway in Brandon, Reed Wilkins in for Bob Stoffer today. I'll also have you for Inside Sports between 7 and 8. Our contact info, the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort and Casino, excitement, bet on it. And the same number, the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Now, before we went to break, we had a listener experience express some distaste with the Golden Knights. Cheaters? Was that the word used? Yes. I don't know if they're they're cheaters, but I can understand why uh, Oilers fans might not like them, or maybe people around the league might not like them. What what else has come in, Kellen? Just give me a couple highlights. Mm -hmm. Big Rig Al out there uh, texting us today says, Vegas is a flagship team in the league now, not hard to see, and they get lots of breaks. Okay. That's from Big Rig Al. And then I saw something here. Uh, I had it and I lost it, but it was a text about Kucherov and Tampa Bay being villains because they were basically the first team to exploit that a few years ago in the cup uh, finals or in the playoffs. I, I thought the Blackhawks um, exploited it one year, but I, I, I again, I, I don't – is it – they're not breaking a rule because there's no salary cap in uh, in the playoffs. Rob Brown, uh, my buddy, is on the line for Montorio Homes, developing customized homes perfectly built to fit your lifestyle. Visit Montorio.ca. So, th- th- Rob, so, like we've seen this. There's no salary cap in the playoffs, so I, I don't even think that I don't even think teams are bending a rule. There's no rule to to bend. I understand why some fans mo- might not like it or want it changed, but it's. It's that's just the way it is. They're not, they, they, and the teams themselves could could change it if they wanted to. They don't want to change it. No, the general managers like it. Um, 
I agree. This is you're taking advantage of the rules that are put in place by the general managers that are taking advantage of the rules. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the year that Tampa did it, Kucherov uh, missed the whole year and came back in the playoffs. His salary didn't count against the team, but they also had to make the playoffs without Kucherov. And then the first time he was able to play was playoff time. That was an unknown. Uh, Mark Stone had back surgery last year, and they got they needed his uh, him on the IR to go towards the playoffs. Uh, he, he literally had back surgery, so um, there were the Oilers have done it in the past with players that are on the IR. What was it? Turris a few years ago was on the IR the whole time, yet he was traveling and practicing. He was fine. He wasn't hurt. The Oilers took advantage of it too. Uh, it's a rule in place that teams do to get some relief from the salary cap. Uh, these are rules that the general managers themselves voted on and put into place. And the thing that we've seen with any sport, the owners and the general managers will put move, will put rules into place, and then they'll vote on them, agree to them, and the very next day try to find ways around. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of, that's how it works all the time. Yeah, I double-checked. The Blackhawks took advantage of that in 2015 and, and won the Stanley Cup. So it does, it does. and I thought, I don't, I can't remember if you were on with me at the time, but you probably heard it. when John, Or maybe you were there. John Shannon and I were talking about the offside challenge because we saw uh, the kind of weird offside with dry side. I think that was the win in Chicago because that was the game the Oilers won 2-1, but they had a couple goals disallowed. And one was on that really close offside. And I think that week there had been another kind of weird-looking offside call in the game. And I love what John sh- said because he he said that the managers that you know wanted the rule and Bettman said we'll put the rule in just I'm just warning you this is good <laughs> this might not make it better this might create a bunch of great but it's just a reminder and you and I get calls after games if you know uh refing rules and stuff like that and a lot of times we say okay you as a fan may not like it, but it's not, you know, a couple refs got ever over a pint and said, let's write the meanest rule book we can find. The rules are ultimately done by the competition committee, which is players, managers, and coaches. Yeah, you know, every rule that's in place, the, the owners have agreed to, the general managers have agreed to, the players association has agreed to. They put them in place. Now, some of them, we sit there and think, okay, this, I don't know why they have this in place. And I was there the night that you talked about it, and John Shannon said that. That Gary Bettman pointed out, this is, this may have poor consequences in the future, and it has. Um, but to me, I, I this is what the, the owners want and the general managers want, and uh, this is what the players want. They agreed to, and now you go away. It's, it's like any hockey game that the that a team plays in. They try to gauge the temperature of the referee. They push the limit early in a hockey game to see, okay, I can get away with this. Okay, I can. And get away with this. Okay, this is where he's calling. And then the rest of the game, they now know that is what they're calling. Because every, every penalty is uh, the referee, there's some discretion. Is that a hook or is it not a hook? Is that a hold? Is it not a hold? So the players push the envelope early in a hockey game to see what's going to be allowed, and then they try to play under that rule the rest of the hockey game. Now, I, I do understand the, the sentiment that Kellen is, is reading on the text line uh, that the Golden Knights are not a popular team, certainly in oil country, because of the recent history. And perhaps around the league, because I do think, if we look historically, Vegas and even Seattle came in under better circumstances to build a team than 
Columbus, which has never really been very good. Minnesota, which has had you know some flashes, but they've never been to a cup final. Like kind of that era of expansion. So I do understand how other fan bases, even if you're not in the Western Conference or the Pacific Division, could say, seriously, that team's already that good and my team... You know, if your Columbus has never been passed <laughs> round two, well, I, can or... <laughs> see, I can see how Columbus would be upset, but I, I don't see how other teams in the NHL would be. It's no good having a franchise in your league that's continually bad. That's not good for the for for the league. It's not good for revenue. It's not good if you have poor fan bases in that city because that eventually costs the other teams money. Um, you look at the team that Vegas built. A lot of it was they were just smarter than the general managers that they were picking players from. Right. Like there was te- there was players in Tampa or was it Tampa or Florida or Florida? Florida. Florida yeah. Florida said, "Okay, uh, we really want this guy, so draft this guy, and we will trade you this guy." Well, they gave them two players that were way better than the guy they kept, and Anaheim. And they got Theodore from Anaheim. I mean, Theodore was better than half the defense that Anaheim had. You're like, okay, why is that the guy you're you're leaving? So uh, I just think the Vegas drafted players better, and they just outsmarted the general managers that they were going against. And then what Vegas has done since then is they're not afraid to make moves. Right. They have made so many trades, and they were a team that went out and got Eichel. I mean, Eichel was he, he was about to have surgery. They didn't surgery was going to come out, and they went out and got. Uh, Jack Eichel, and they they made a t- bunch of trades for Tatar, and then they Pacioretty, and so I, I I respect what Vegas has done. They won a Stanley Cup. Uh, they went out and made moves. And were very very aggressive. Uh, Seattle is, I mean, again, Seattle is better than guys that started out, but I mean they're not Vegas. Vegas is just smarter than the teams that they were uh, picking players from, and it has worked out very very well for them, and it's set up. Uh, uh, next two, three, four years is a great barometer and great challenge for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I'm just looking up the uh, that expansion draft uh, on Wikipedia. So yeah, the Panthers traded Riley Smith to Vegas, so Vegas would take Marsha Show. Uh, <laughs> so they got two thirds of their number one line for six six years. So that they and I can't remember who they kept in was some player that wasn't very good. Then Columbus. Gave them William Carlson, who went on to score 40 goals for Vegas and protected somebody else. Like It was some terrible, terrible choices by managers around the National Hockey League. And Vegas said, okay, you will, we'll take these guys from you because they're much better than the players that you're keeping. So I just think that the Vegas Golden Knights um, management team was smarter than a number of the management teams around the National Hockey League. Blue Jackets traded a first-rounder, a second-rounder, and David Clarkson in exchange for Vegas taking William Carlson. So, uh, do, do you remember who, <laughs> who went on? To, who went on to score forty goals <laughs> for them and was a big part of them winning a Stanley Cup? Do you remember who got taken off the Oilers? Uh, well, Reinhardt, Griffin Reinhardt, and yep. uh, here's a random trivia question: the player taken off the Colorado Avalanche, Calvin Pickard. I didn't remember that. Nice. So they, they, so Vegas did make a mistake. They took Griffin Reinhardt because that ended up being a mistake. Yeah, he didn't uh, wind up playing for them. Uh, Rob Brown joining us tonight on Oilers Now. Reed Wilkins in for Bob Stauffer tonight. All right, so uh, the streak ended. Imagine that. Uh, I, I, we didn't dive huge into this last night on overtime open line, but do you understand what Ekholm meant when he said, I'm, I'm kind of happy it's over so I don't have to talk about it anymore? 100%. Uh, again, 
a lot of fans and media don't believe that players don't talk about this in the dress room. In a dress room, you'll have pundits talk, well, this is what they're saying, they're doing this, they're talking about this. In a dress room, rarely anything's talked about. Uh, major. And you're, you're sitting there, you're getting dressed, you're getting focused. Some guys will have music in, some guys um, guys will talk about, hey, yeah, I heard your kids playing hockey, how's it going? Like, stuff like that. And they don't talk about the streak. For, for one thing, guys don't want to jinx it, if you're on one. Uh, the focus, if you start focusing on something that big, uh, then all of a sudden there's a higher stress level. So guys, they, they really don't talk about it. And uh, was it Skinner when he came out when he's talked about you just broke Grant Fuhrer's record? Yeah, I, wow, I didn't even know that. The players really are focused on day-to-day. So when they come out afterwards, here's the question about the streak. Here's the question about this. They're like, okay, I'm tired of answering these things. Because players usually give the exact same answer. I'm going to tell you what I told you last time. We're not talking about it. We're just focusing on day-to-day. Okay, today we're talking about the, the, the next questions about the streak again. Yeah, again not talking about it so i can understand now the players can just focus on hockey and the questions will be focused on what's happening that night or the next day instead of hey here's history in the making how are you guys handling it uh and they'll uh, get back at the others didn't practice today so uh, practice tomorrow anaheim on friday and then the uh los angeles kings on uh, on on Saturday, uh, as uh, that'll be interesting too, because the Kings uh, that'll be their first game with their new coach, right? Or I guess their new interim coach, who was yeah, on the staff. A, that's a weird one too for me, Reed. I can understand, um, and, and again, I, I think Todd McClellan's a good coach. I can understand that when your team is in a big funk, and LA was in a really big funk, that you want to get the bump uh, of a new coach coming in. But they didn't get a new coach coming in. They just the guy that was standing to the left of Todd just moved five feet on the head on the bench now, and he's the head coach. So I, he's going to be a coach with more or less the same thoughts, more or less the same game plan. Uh, was you, you've already heard his voice all season long. So it's not like you're bringing someone out from the outside, like bringing in a knoblock who's now a new voice. So I'm not I'm not sure if, to me if that is a great move by the LA Kings. Not the, not the firing of Todd, but the firing of Todd and bringing in a guy that was literally in your organization. He's been on your bench for the last couple of years and a lot of the game plans that were put together for the LA Kings, he would have been a part of. Well, and it, it just, I mean, Edmonton and L.A., the, the two extremes, right? L.A. starts great and then has a swoon and the coach gets fired and Edmonton is the, office, the, the opposite. They start poorly, coach gets fired, and, and, uh, and now they're doing incredible. Hey, uh, Rob, before I let you go, what did you do today? What did I do today? I went uh, tubing today with my academy kids. Is that what you're asking about? Yes, that's what I'm thinking of because you mentioned to me last yeah. night that was on the on the plan for today. Yeah, it was fun. We go to Edmonton Ski Club, and they have, like, a little magic carpet that you take up to the top, and then you ride down on tubes. And it's funny, we did it the last couple of days, and I hadn't done it. But today I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go try this. Oh, my God, it was so fast. I was on there. I screamed like a little girl the whole way down. It was fun. We had a ball. The academy kids, every one of them enjoyed it. So uh, if you're looking for something fun to do with your kids, take them to the uh, Edmonton Ski Club and head on down on the tube because – it is fun for 10-year-olds and apparently for 55-year-olds as well. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Rob. Hey, this is a bonus for me. Get to be on air with you a little extra than what we already do on the Face Off show at Overtime Open Line. I'll see you Friday night for the Oilers and the Ducks.
Sounds good. Take care, Reed. That is Rob Brown checking in from the Oilers Radio Network presented by Montorio Homes. I can also tell you that some guests on Oilers Now get gifts cards to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite place to celebrate your special occasion. Try a Wagyu steak today. The Leafs have tied it. 2-2 against Dallas, 12-15 left in the second period. Oilers now on 6.30, Chet. Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30, Chad. The Oilers Now injury report presented all season long by James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Oilers are healthy, which is good. We also have... The Farm Report, courtesy Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace Reface. Dave. Yesterday on Oilers Now, Bob had an exclusive one-on-one interview with uh, Ken Holland, Oilers GM, and they got to talking about a couple of players down on the farm who uh, you can guess who those are, but the first player, Philip Roberg, in 27 games in Bakersfield, one goal, 17 assists, 18 points. And the question from Bob, could Roberg come up at some point this uh, at this point or between now and the end of the season? The guy in record book, but let's say he's played 70, 80 games yeah. in the National yeah. Hockey League. Now, many of those games obviously are probably five to eight minutes because he'd be in 11, know, and, seven. 11 and seven. So, um, you know, but I, met, I had breakfast with him for an hour on Saturday morning. He's really confident, feels really good about uh, where his game is at. I told him that uh, uh, we're not bringing him back until uh, he's going to play. He, we're, we're, things are going good here in Edmonton with the six defensemen. Uh, we're just going to stick with the six defensemen and uh, touch wood. Hopefully we don't get an injury, but if somewhere down the road we get an injury, um, then he's ready to he's ready to go in. And you know, Gleason's the same. Gleason's playing real well, and he's been a guy who's been kind of a career minor leaguer, but he had a really good training camp with us in preseason. Um, they're a really good pair down there. Um, you know, so I think we I feel, going down there and watching him feel good about our depth. You know, yeah. you know, you, you know, months from the deadline, you know, I think uh, Philip Robert can play in the NHL. Gleason hasn't had the opportunity, uh, but based upon the way he's playing in the American League, certainly. Uh, I'd have no problem putting him in the NHL and seeing uh, giving me an opportunity. And what about goaltender Jack Campbell, who has been playing very well as of late, and has actually for a, a good stretch of time, Jack Campbell has played well. I sent him a text actually on Sunday to tell him that I was real impressed. He was very calm, uh, under control, great rebound control. Um, just he, just, he looked uh, he looked you know confident and on top of his game and uh, uh, they had a lot of real good scoring chances especially in the second period and he kept the game tied 1-1 uh, I, I told him that uh, all he can do is control what he can do and keep doing what he's doing um, you know people are starting to notice take note that you know I think in hindsight you know in hindsight Bob when I sent him down um, in, in November given, should maybe have given him a week I think his head was spinning when he went yeah. down two nights later he's playing a game in, in, in Abbotsford and it's another game in Abbotsford and I think it just his head was spinning and it's taken him a while he probably should have went down for a week or eight nine days just practiced and then got him going I'd said to him at that point in November you're going to play eight of the next ten and it's just I think it just spiraled in the negative and uh, it's taken him a while to dig himself out but uh, I think the last I think you said seven games I think 12 games he's like 920 922 so he's playing uh, he's playing good hockey the team's playing good hockey and uh, he feels good about himself and Campbell has won six of his past seven games he's 10 7 and 1 2.90 goals against average. This is an impressive stat because his save percentage to begin with in Bakersfield, dreadful. He has a 909 save percentage now. All right. Thank you, Dave. That is the farm report for Reface Magic. We'll get the 
Shan Report with John Shannon. What did he think of that end of the streak last night? Oilers now on 630 Jet.